Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Athletics Baseball podcast with your host, Taylor. It's been a little while since I have talked to you guys, and a lot has happened. (laughs) First of all, I've been sick. That's why I missed Monday's episode. You may hear that I have a little congestion still. Uh, The bigger problem was that I had a sore throat and the other things that come along with that. So my voice wasn't top-notch, and I didn't feel good enough to do it. So I'm sorry about that. It will likely not happen that often that it's anything to worry about. Another thing that's happened is I've got a new microphone. Hopefully the quality is better. The reason I got it is because I will potentially be doing a two-person episode at some point in the future with me and a guest. Not anyone that you would know, no one one famous, no one involved with the A's, just a different style of episode that I'm considering doing where it's more conversational and doing that on an occasional basis, not making that the new norm. The other thing that's obviously happened is the A's played more games, and I have not covered them at all. So, the last time that you heard from me was Thursday, March 2nd, which only covered up to Wednesday's games. Since then, there have been, including today's, Wednesday's game against Columbia, eight games. So, that's a lot. I'm obviously not going to talk in total detail about that. I'm not going to go into every single player's performance and who is on each lineup, but I am going to talk about how we've been doing lately, how players have been performing overall, kind of more of a broad summary. I'm also going to talk about the first round of cuts that were made, I believe, Sunday, maybe maybe Monday. So... That's what we're talking about today. First, quick reminder, if you have not followed this podcast yet, wherever you listen to your podcasts, go ahead, please do that, and it'll it'll help the podcast be found by other A's fans, it'll get some exposure out there for it, and it'll it'll help to grow the show. And also what would help is to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and of course to tell your friends and family. Finally, please send an email to the Mayor of Oakland, Mayor Tao, at officeofthemayor at oaklandca.gov, just to let her know how much the A's mean to you, and that you would really like her to do what she can to keep the A's in Oakland, because if the city of Oakland and the mayor and city council, you know, if if Oakland doesn't contribute anything towards this or or do anything to help keep the A's here, then they're probably gone. So if you care about the A's being in Oakland at all, then you might want to send an email letting the mayor know that the people of Oakland will be mad if the A's leave. 
And I think that Oakland will be mad if the A's leave, but I think that people are already giving up, and I don't think it's time to give up yet. No deal is final, and if both deals are equal, I think the A's stay in Oakland if Nevada or Las Vegas want to give the A's a huge deal or something, then the city has to do something. And I don't think that Vegas is going to give them a huge deal or anything like that. I don't think it's going to be paid for stadium or anything. But I do think that if the city can't even meet the obligations that they've already agreed to, which is to pay for the infrastructure associated with the ballpark, then the A's are gone. And the city already agreed to that. And now they're saying, well, as long as we don't actually have to pay for it, you know, if we can get enough grants for free from the federal or state government, then we're happy to let you build it there. But we don't want to actually pay for it, even though we already said we would pay for it. That's what's basically going on, from what I can tell. It kind of sucks. But enough of that. Coliseum Talk is for another day. Let's kick this off with what's been going on game-wise since last time I talked to you all. For starters, it has not been good. (laughs) We've had one win since I've talked to you. One win in eight games. One of them, one of those games, one of the losses being today, Wednesday, against Columbia, the World Baseball Cup team. They had three A's players, the the Columbia team, and those were Jordan Diaz, Norhe Ruiz, and Nolan Long, and all three of them acquitted themselves well against the A's, uh, sadly for us today, but maybe that means that they are going to continue to progress. All three of these guys are more on the minor league side right now, I would say. Jordan Diaz had 15 games in the majors last season, and Norhe Ruiz pitched 14, uh, 19 innings in 2022 in the majors, and that's all of the major league experience between those three guys. So any development from them is obviously going to be good for us in the future. But that's just an interesting aside before I actually talk about more of these other games. So, we lost the game on Thursday, 1-6 to six against the Cubs. We lost the next game, 4-6 to six against the Royals. We played two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. The first one was in Arizona against Cleveland, the Guardians, and we tied that one 4-4, to so our second tie of spring training. The second game that day was in Las Vegas against the Reds, and we lost it 9-10. to Sunday, we lost both games. The first one in Arizona, we lost 3-10 to against the Padres, and the second one was against the Reds again in Vegas, and we lost that one 4-12. to no game on Monday. We won on Tuesday, 9-3. to And then, like I just mentioned, we lost to Columbia on Wednesday, 2-3. to 
not all of these games were televised, so I didn't actually get to watch all of them, and I did miss a couple that were televised as well, especially when there were two games going at the same time. But what I didn't watch televised, I caught most of on the radio or caught the game day of, at the least. Now, I know I said last time that I really want wins, and I do. I think that wins get the fans excited before the season so that they come in hyped up and they they buy more tickets, they go to more games when the fans are hyped up and they're cheering and they're coming out to the games in numbers, then I think that really gets the players moving on the field and then I think we see better performance from the players. And I think that it also, you know, when the team's winning and feeling good, then the players get in a rhythm, they get their their mojo is going, you know, they're in a good mood and they have momentum and so much of baseball is about momentum and rhythm and mood and a winning team sort of wants to keep winning and a losing team sometimes has a really hard time breaking out of that that loss groove and I don't want us to get into a loss groove before the start of the season so that players are coming in hesitant about how the season's going to go or anything like that. Uh, And like I said, for the fans as well. But that all said, it doesn't really matter. None of these games actually matter. And it is more important at this point still for us to figure out who is going to play what position who is going to get shots on the opening day roster and who will be given a shot maybe later on in the season, sort of a a pecking order for each position. So it's not really a big deal that we've not managed to win very many of these games so far. We've, We've put on some good performances as well. We just aren't always synced up, which, which is also due to the fact that we're not playing our full roster every day. We, especially when we're playing two games at once, we're splitting it up. We've got a handful of the more big leaguer type of guy who has more experience in the big leagues, a handful of them in one game, a handful of them in another game. Even if we're not playing two games at once, we've got a handful that are playing on Thursday, and then the other handful are playing on Friday. So we're really never seeing, from from what I've seen, more than maybe three guys who are likely to be on the big league roster this year, as far as uh, the lineup goes, not not pitching. We're not seeing more than like three guys from the lineup who are likely to play a lot of major league major league ball this year at a time and sometimes not even more than 3 per game not even necessarily at the whole at one time so yeah you're you're having a lot of minor league guys get their shots when it comes to the pitching we are getting our starting rotation 
loosened up and and so they're they're getting their pitching in and all of that but then after that we might go and get one inning out of five different minor league guys to see who we need to cut and who we want to keep for now in spring training and the odds of you know five double a sort of pitchers who are all going to have clean innings and good days at the same time is pretty low and it's nothing against any of them obviously uh, a lot of them are still just trying to figure things out or prove themselves get more get more practice in uh, with the big league coaches so you know just just saying that the chances of e- even if we get a good two or three innings out of one of our big league pitchers and then we have to get five plus innings maybe of of minor league pitching to go well and then you ha- also were pitching were or as far as the lineup goes we're playing like i don't know maybe 18 guys a game or so 16 to 18 guys per game in the lineup so you know when when you've only got 3 to 5 big league experienced guys out of that whole group of 16 plus people then you're you're not necessarily going to get great performances out of all of those younger guys every day either so to win these games for us in spring training we're really looking for uh, up up until now and and maybe a little bit past now you're really looking for sort of a perfect storm where all of the minor league guys that pitch pitch well all of the minor league guys that hit uh contribute offensively and it's obviously not easy for that to happen <laughs> so i do think we're going to see better performances going forward as we narrow the spring training roster down further and further. We've got about three weeks left of these spring training games, and I'm sure there's going to be another couple of cuts after this weekend, and then maybe another couple of cuts after the weekend after that, before we actually really start seeing what this big league roster can do when they're all together and sort of platooning who we're going to platoon and using setup guys where we would want to use setup guys, closers where we want to use closers. We're not really doing any of that right now. So to say that our performance is like underwhelming or or no good or anything right now is on the one hand, it's true. It, it's not a great performance. On the other hand, we haven't actually been even bothering to try to put up a great performance at this point because we're just trying to figure out who's going to who's going to platoon with who and you know who's going to hit lefties versus righties and and things things like that. So don't go getting worried yet. And I'll say it again, I'm still predicting 75 wins this season. Everybody who's saying worse than last year you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're looking at. You don't know how to read a stat line. And you're definitely not listening to me because 
I've I've already talked about that several times. We've got better in every position except for catcher, where we only got slightly worse. So, you know, don't <laughs> don't even tell me that we're gonna have another sixty win season or worse, which I have seen people say. I think that's crazy. You don't get better at every position and then do worse. Not going to happen. Uh, the only question to me is, how much better are we going to do? Five wins, ten wins, fifteen wins, or are we going to be legitimately good? Which would be a surprise, but you never know. You never know. All right, so let's let's look at some individual pitching performances over this uh, this stretch here, and. Let's look at some potential starters first. It is a long list. These are the guys that they've basically been using as uh, pseudo-starters so far in spring training. So basically guys that they're having go more than about two innings at a stretch. You know, two, two plus, I guess, which some of them will become relievers, some of them will become long relief, some of them will maybe be spot starters or call-ups from the minors if someone gets injured, things like that, and some of them might be more seriously being looked at as who's going to make the cut this this season, and others maybe who's going to make the cut next season. Get an early look at some of these guys, right? So, Kyle Muller, on the third Friday, he had a not great start, 2.2 innings, three earned runs, four runs total, five hits, a walk, and obviously four, no no home runs or anything, obviously for that to come out to three earned runs, they were getting strung together, and I believe he then got pulled out with the two outs going in that inning, and then he also pitched Wednesday against Columbia. Much better performance from him on Wednesday. He went three three and two-thirds innings, two earned runs, one walk, and five hits. So still a walk and five hits, which is what he gave up on last Friday, except he went a whole extra inning, so that's good, and this time, clearly, they were spaced out a little bit more because there was not one bad blow-up that resulted in, you know, four runs being scored or whatever. He let in one home run Wednesday and against Columbia, one home run, and, you know, that's really not bad. That's controlling damage, keeping your head cool, and... You know, who who knows, in a real regular season game, that might be a situation where he can go five innings and keep it at two earned runs, and that's fine. Freddie Tarnock, he's been pitching. He had a really nice outing on Friday the 3rd. He, he had three innings with one walk, three hits, and one earned run, and then he pitched Wednesday as well with two and two-thirds innings, no runs. He had three walks, but he also had three strikeouts, only gave up one hit, one run, but it was unearned. So that's uh, that's a pretty good pretty good line 
the game was not televised, so sadly I was trying to watch at that time when uh, when that unearned run was given, and obviously I couldn't because it did not exist as a game to watch. But I would say that uh, Freddie Tarnock, who I will say some people from the Atlanta world, they considered Freddie Tarnock as more of the star player potential than Kyle Muller, who was technically the Braves' number one rated pitching prospect when that trade was made, and I think maybe their number one prospect in their whole farm, actually, at that point. But a lot of a lot of uh, people in the know in the Braves' world were... There were some rumblings that the actual best player that the A's got in that trade was Freddie Tarnock. And he has been putting up some really nice performances this spring. So maybe we will get to see him a little bit this year. Maybe not. We are kind of jammed up. Uh, Maybe if we do see him, we might see him more in a relief role, get a little big league experience, but I'm sure they would rather have him be a great starter than a great reliever. But you just have to wait and see, I guess. Adam Aller has been putting up some pretty nice performances. He's only had two so far that I'm seeing. I don't think I'm missing any there. And he's a guy who could be a starter. He, in in his more recent start, or his more recent day of pitching in spring training, March 4th, I think that was Saturday, 3.2 innings, one earned run, one walk and three hits, pretty good line. He, uh, he pitched a little bit for us last season, and didn't do fantastic, but he did have a couple of stretches when he was uh, up with the A's where he was doing pretty good. So it's sort of a question of is he going to figure something out and become that player full-time, or is he going to get figured out by the other team's batters and not be that pitcher? So that's the question with Adam Aller. Drew Rosinski, he's had a couple of uh, not fantastic games here so far, but nothing to read into. I'm still pretty high on Drew Rosinski. I think that he is going to be one who will be likely a solid anchor of good to decent pitching for the A's this year as a starter. And yes, he he will be a starter. He's he's thrown two innings of three run baseball and then three innings of three run baseball, both times giving up one home run. That's since the beginning of spring training. And he did improve on his second outing. He went three innings, three runs, and gave up only four hits. So he's getting there. I think, and we just got to give him a little bit more time. Paul Blackburn has only had one appearance that I have seen so far, and it's a little bit... uh, I kind of feel like it's because the A's were trying to 
figure out who to cut in the first stretch because he didn't pitch until the fifth, and I don't think he's dealing with any injuries or issues at all at this point. And I think that the A's are just confident that he's going to be in that starting rotation this season. Regardless of anything, he's going to be there. So maybe they figured why not just wait a week and let some of these other guys get some reps in. Once we cut them, then we'll have plenty of room in spring training for Blackburn to start getting more pitching reps in. Uh, but he's only had one inning. He got blew up uh, pretty bad. It all just got strung together. Two walks, five hits, and not good, but also first day back, and everyone else has been going already for a week. So uh, maybe maybe they were ready and he wasn't. We just, uh, I'm sure we'll see him come around, and in a week, I think we'll have some more updates on, on him for sure. We'll, we'll be seeing him pitch more. Ken Waldachuk, his uh, his first inning that he pitched on uh, the February 28th, three runs. You know, I've talked about that on one of the other episodes. This next one, a little better, but not fantastic. Uh, 1.2 innings, two earned runs, two walks, three hits, only one strikeout. You know, we're it, it's okay because we're still in the beginning of spring training, and... He's got to find his groove, but so far, not great for Ken Waldachuk here. Adrian Martinez has been a big surprise, though. Some of you may remember, I was not actually too high on Adrian Martinez getting any opening chances with the A's this season because I was looking at him as being having less potential and being a little bit more unpolished and and things like that, I guess. And then, you know, there's a lot of competition, obviously, as well. So, in contrast to that, he had two outings, uh, two innings each, no earned runs, one walk, three hits between all of that, four innings, so in total... One walk, three hits in four innings, no no earned runs, three unearned runs. And I don't know exactly what happened there, but uh, that's that's pretty good. All I can really say about that is if he keeps doing that, then they're going to be having to give him more of a look than what I initially thought. So keep doing it, Adrian Martinez. Maybe we'll see you pretty soon here in the big leagues. Hogan Harris, he uh, his first outing, beginning of spring training, he only went two-thirds of an inning with two, two earned runs given, four walks, two, uh, not, not great. Well, on the 5th, which was this last Sunday, he went 2.1 innings, no walks, one hit, no earned runs, no strikeouts, but doesn't really matter. He got through more than two innings and, you know, looking good. We got Fuji. Fuji has been pitching well. 
his first outing, you know, clean, uh, one hit, three walks, but no earned runs. This uh, second one, on Tuesday, he went three innings with only two walks and one hit, so he's giving up less than his two-inning outing, and he got three strikeouts as well, but he did give up one earned run there, which is fine that, you know, must have just walked those two guys and let up a double or something, right? It happens. And his ERA so far is 1.8, so that's that's pretty fun. <laughs> He'll he'll be he'll be great to watch this year and uh, just enjoy it, enjoy it while we can because maybe we have him for the season, maybe we don't, you know, maybe we trade him at some point, but we should enjoy watching him pitch at the Coliseum while we can for sure. J.P. Sears, we've been giving him a lot of a lot of chances here, more so than some of these other guys that I've already mentioned. He's had three pitching chances. Three games he's pitched in. First one, 1.2 innings, two earned runs. The second one, March 2nd, three innings pitched, three earned runs. No walks in either of those two, but five hits in the March 2nd game. March 7th, three innings, two earned runs. A home run. So he's, he's still struggling a little bit. He's obviously going to get some more chances, but maybe he's, you know, if he if he doesn't turn it around a little bit pretty soon, we might not be seeing him much in the big leagues this year until maybe later on down the line where we'll already have more of an idea of how he's doing in AAA at that point. Some relievers, and keep in mind, I am not talking about all of our guys here. <laughs> this, is, this is just how many... People were filtering through right now. This is maybe everything that I've already said, plus what I'm going to say still for pitching, is maybe half of the people that we've pitched. <laughs> it's a lot. We've pitched a lot of people. So I'm trying to look mostly at guys who we might see this year, right? Out of the bullpen, we've got Danny Jimenez. I'm thinking we're going to see him this year. He was great for us when he last pitched, which was last season, 2022. He had a 3.41 ERA in 34 innings. That's pretty solid. So far, he's pitched three innings in spring training. He's only given up two earned runs, three hits total, two walks. Uh, He hit one batter. But nothing came of it. Two strikeouts. He's doing. He's doing fine. I'm pretty sure that he's gonna come in this year and he's gonna be fine. Zach Jackson. I'm also confident in him pitching for the A's this year in relief, and he also has been fine. He's pitched three innings total, with one hit, no earned runs, and five walks and. Three strikeouts. It doesn't really matter too much if you're in relief, if you walk a guy, if you can then get out of it, as long as you're coming in with clean bases. He's not going to have a zero 
ERA here forever. Goes without saying, but you know, eventually one or two of those walks will be followed up with by a double, and that's that's fine. You know, he's doing great. He's going to be definitely one of our good bullpen guys this year. I I feel. Sam Mole has also pitched three innings. I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing him at the majors as well, doing some relief work this year. Uh, his first two outings, he gave up one earned run, a couple of walks. You know, he's had three walks total and two hits total. His last outing, he had the one hit, but no walks, no earned runs. And he had three strikeouts as well. So he's doing good. And get accustomed to Sam Mole, his name, you know, remember it. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna see it this year. Another guy that we might see is Austin Pruitt. He has pitched at the major league level. Last season he he pitched fifty-five innings for us, sort of a long relief sort of guy, not so much a starter. And he had a four point two three ERA, so He's fine. He's also doing fine so far in relief in these uh, spring training games. He's had two one-inning outings and then one 1.2-inning outing for a total of two earned runs given up and a 4.91 ERA. He'll probably come down on that and be you know, somewhere around a four ERA for a nice uh, innings eater, long relief sort of a guy who can give you two innings or so at a time. And I'm sure we'll be seeing him this year as well. One guy that has done a little bit of uh, AAA in the past and not much else, he is... He is fighting for his spot here on the team, Garrett Williams. He has been pitching pretty well so far, pretty well. He's had four outings. First one, no runs, one inning. Second one, uh, no runs in one inning. The third outing was on the 3rd, March 3rd. Uh, He went for two outs and walked two guys, hit two guys, and... Walked in that one run, and, you know, that got one strikeout, and that was it. Then he had another outing after that where he walked only one guy, had a clean inning other than that. One inning pitched, no earned runs, no hits. So I would I would say that he is having a pretty good audition right now, is how I would phrase that. He, if he keeps pitching pretty well and, you know doesn't have a bunch more weird out-of-control innings like he had that one day on on the third, then he could definitely be seen later on in this season in in a relief role. Now we got uh let's let's talk about Trevor May, one of our big signings here. And his first outing, if you remember, he went one inning Gave up two hits. One of them was a home run and got out of the inning. But two earned runs in the one inning with an 18 ERA 
So his ERA might not look good for a little bit, but he's had two great outings since then. Only gave up one hit in the two outings for one inning each time. Two innings total. Two strikeouts in those two innings. And obviously, he's guaranteed bullpen guy for us this year. We're going to see him all year long. And I think we're going to see a lot of nice, clean one-inning stretches from from him through the season. Domingo Acevedo, who has pitched for us in the bigs before, two seasons he's given us, both, uh, well, one of them was 11 innings, I wouldn't exactly call it a season, but both of them around 3.3 ERA, so very nice in the past from him, and very nice so far as well. We're definitely going to be seeing Domingo Acevedo pitching for us this season. So far he's had three outings, an inning each, hasn't given up any runs. His first outing, a walk and a hit, and the second one, no walks, no hits. The third one, the third inning he's pitched was just one walk, and that's it. He's had five strikeouts in those three innings. We're definitely seeing Domingo Acevedo this season a lot, and you're going to like it. (laughs) The interesting guys here that we need to talk a little bit about that we could see are Chad Smith, who we got from the Rockies. We traded Jeff Criswell in December. His first outing, his first, he threw one inning. It was three earned runs, not good. The second and third outings, though, the second time, he went one inning, one walk, no runs, His last outing was 1.2 innings, one walk, one hit, no runs, two strikeouts. So he is doing better. You know, we need to see more. These next guys we're going to talk about, we need to see some more uh, sample size here to really see who is going to be able to do it more long term, I think, for us. We could could be seeing uh, a bit of Chad Smith this year. If he keeps throwing some nice innings through spring training like he is, then he's going to give A's coaches some uh, something to think about there. A guy that I think we probably will be seeing this season, we picked up from basically Seattle didn't want him anymore, even though he was great for him in 2021, Drew Steckenrider. He has thrown four innings in total in four four outings, so one inning per outing. One earned run given up in total. Three hits. Two of them were in the game where he gave up one run. And only one walk. Five strikeouts. I think that he's going to be a guy that we are going to see this year. I'm just going to say that. I'm not sure if he's going to make the opening day roster. If he keeps pitching like this, I think he will. And then we've got Luis Medina. He is someone that we got in the Frankie Montas trade, and he is basically considered one of those pitchers who's got a lot of stuff but not a lot of control. And so far he's been doing fine. His first outing, one inning, one earned run, that's it. One walk, one hit. And then his second outing on the 5th, 
He went two innings, two walks, one hit, no runs, two strikeouts. So he, I don't necessarily think that we're going to see much of him this season. He hasn't even played any AAA. But so far he is he is making a good showing of himself. And, you know, if he keeps if he keeps this stuff up, then he could force the A's into an early appraisal of him at the big leagues, and you just never know. So that's essentially who we've got so far for for pitching, who's been doing fairly well or who is expected to be in the lineup, or not the lineup, in the rotation or bullpen regardless because of what what our expectations are regardless of, you know, three spring training innings thrown. I wanted to talk a little bit more about those guys uh, into into the pitching side than I usually do, just because I usually don't do that. And I thought it was sort of time to just delve a little bit into the pitching side of, of these guys. And, and, you know, we're a week and a half or so into spring training. We've got a little something to talk about with them now. So, now might be a good time to actually talk about cuts that have been made, because some of those cuts include guys that I've actually already talked about, and and I just want to clear that up a little bit real quick, and, and then uh, go into these cuts and, and how it's going to affect the team going forward through spring training. First, Luis Medina. I obviously just talked about Luis Medina. He, like I said, he he was pitching well, and he was one of the guys who got cut. Like I said, I don't think we're really going to see much of him in the big leagues because he actually hasn't pitched in AAA at all. But, you know, he, he got to work a little bit with the trainers and get a little experience in more of a big league setting. So I think he has a bright future for the A's. But, like I said, probably not this season. Cal Stevenson got cut. He's uh, an outfielder for us. We've got a lot of outfielders right now, so we've got to sort of cycle through those pretty quick and, and make some cuts. Same same with pitching. we got to cycle through a lot of these positions and make a lot of cuts in order to give guys a little bit more playing time than what they've seen so far who are more likely to be some of our mainstays through the season. JT, JT Ginn, Deolis Guerra, Mason Miller, Dalton Jeffries, who he's out with an injury. Those guys haven't, haven't actually played at all in spring training, but I think they might be counting as a cut because they may have been on the spring training roster at some point here. Jorge Juan, he had a bit of a rough time. He, he's he been cut now. Norhe Ruiz, same thing. He has had a rough couple of outings, and he's been cut. This one is kind of interesting to me. Nolan Long, who he is a relief pitcher. He actually acquitted himself fairly decently with the A's. He, he did pretty well in the spring training here. He went two innings, one hit combined, and it was two outings, two innings total. One hit, 
no walks, no runs, two strikeouts. So, like I said, he did he did plenty fine. He got the cut, but that's more likely because he's playing for Colombia's World Baseball Cup team along with Norhe Ruiz, who also got a cut, and Jordan Diaz. And I don't think that Jordan Diaz actually did get cut, but Nolan Long, you know, he he got cut, and then he went and pitched a, a nice inning against us in Wednesday's game. So I think that's kind of interesting. Not saying that he should have been cut or should not have been cut or anything like that, but yeah, that is what it is. Uh, Trey Supak got cut, uh, Daniel Susak, Ernie Clement, and then Kevin Crone, CJ Crone's younger brother, he also got cut. He had two hits, both of them home runs, and his batting average wasn't there, but he did get six RBIs, so fairly decent. Logan Davidson, he got cut, and Logan Davidson, he's he's progressing his way through the minors. He was a high draft pick that we had in 2019, and then 2020 happened, obviously, so he spent 2021 and 2022 at AA. So he'll be working his way up through the minors still. Max Muncy, who is really young, he came up and, and played a little bit of spring training, but he was obviously not going to be going too far into spring training this year because he is not close to coming up to the big leagues at all. He was only 20. He was drafted in 2021, so there's no surprise there. And then Cody Thomas, you know, he, he did fine. He's he's another outfielder in a very packed outfield that the A's have. So in my opinion, yes, he was also one of the more likely cut candidates. I mean, listen listen to this outfield list that we've got here. J.J. Blade, Lawrence Butler, he's been doing so well that you got to keep him up even though he has only played high A. He, he has just earned it at this point, and that's all there is to it. You know, if... If any minor league player has earned it, then it's him. <laughs> Based off of performance here. There have only been two games out of seven that he's played in that he didn't get a hit. That that he went hitless and walkless. He didn't get on base in only two games. To give you an idea, in seven games here which is only a combined total of 14 at-bats, but that's what we got to look at, and let's look at it. In in seven games, he's batting a 571 average, 571. His on-base is 647, and his slugging is 1,143, which would put his OPS at 1,790. I think he has definitely earned it. High A, low A, 
triple a it doesn't matter if you if you're playing like that you get to stay on the spring training roster <laughs> then you got connor capel Aledmus diaz who will be playing everywhere so he's not just an outfielder ramon loriano christian pache who the a's really have no choice but to give uh, as many looks as as they can because he's out of options but that said He's actually doing really well right now. Just to put it out there real quick while I'm talking about him, his batting average is 368, his on-base is 400, his slugging is 526, which puts his OPS at a 926. So very, very nice. He had basically his first two outings were not great. No, um, Well, they were hitless and walkless, his first two outings. And then he came out and just went on a bit of a tear. So, go Christian Pache. Keep doing it. Keep it up. To continue on with more of our outfielders, yes, there's more, Brent Rooker and Asturio Ruiz. So, even after cutting all of those guys, we're still looking at seven main outfielders and eight if you include Oledmus Diaz, which uh, we'll, we'll see him in the outfield, but we'll see him on second base, you know, and, and shortstop more probably than the outfield. I mean, there's only three spots out there. And, oh, and that's not even counting Seth Brown as an outfielder, who I think will will be more of an outfielder than a first baseman this season. So, really, that's eight, maybe nine people playing a lot of outfield there. Comparatively, infield-wise... <laughs> It's a lot more determined already. You know, we have Jesus Aguilar, Nick Allen, Jonah Bride, Seth Brown, Jordan Diaz, Dermis Garcia, Tony Kemp, Ryan Noda, Jace Peterson, and Kevin Smith. Arguably, Seth Brown should be put on the outfielders list, and then Aledmus Diaz should arguably be put on the infielders list. But that's almost as many outfield guys here that we're still trying out as infield guys, and you've got a whole extra position in the infield, obviously. So, I mean, between Jesus Aguilar and Ryan Noda, you've got first base covered, and Seth Brown can go to the outfield. Between Nick Allen, Tony Kemp, and Ledmus Diaz, you've pretty much got short and second covered. And Kevin Smith can play or or Jonah Bride can play one of those middle infield positions, or Kevin Smith can also play a little bit of third base. Chase Peterson will probably be our primary third baseman. Jordan Diaz is in the mix for that middle infield slot. You know, it's it's still very congested. <laughs> As am I. Uh, <laughs> but those cuts definitely go part of the way towards what I want to see and what you want to see, I, I think, is a little bit better of spring training performances. We're still not ironed out, and we've still got some minor league guys that are getting their shot. You know, you've got, I think, 52 or 56 guys still on the spring training roster, but you're going to start to see a lot more quality guys that are that are 
up playing spring training games, like Tyler Soderstrom, who is not maybe big league ready right now, or maybe he is, maybe he could be, but he is still up on the spring training roster, and he's still performing fine, and if he performs well, maybe we see him this season. And in fact, I will I will change what I had said previously, and I will say that I'm revising my opinion. I think that we actually will see Tyler Soderstrom this season. I had previously said that maybe we will, probably we won't, and I hope that we won't. And that's not because I don't want to see Tyler Soderstrom at the big league level, or I don't think that he can do it. It's because I think that he can do it, but he will probably do it a little bit better next year than this year. And we, if we bring him up this year, then we lose out on a year of Tyler Soderstrom, basically. So I, I pretty much just said that out of selfishness <laughs> as, as an A's fan, that I want to see these guys around for as long as I can. And in some cases, that involves doing a little bit of roster manipulation, you know, to, <laughs> to see these guys for that extra year as opposed to calling them up when they're maybe ready or fringe ready like a lot of other teams get to do because they already know that they've got someone else in that position that's solid or they know that when the time comes, if they're good, they're going to just sign them and it doesn't really matter. We don't really know that as A's fans. In fact, we kind of know the opposite. So in in a lot of cases, I'm sorry, I just have to have to be that guy and say, well, you know, probably rather would keep that guy around an extra year. Let's just take a quick peek around at a couple of the guys who are more prospects or younger guys, minor league guys, guys just uh, getting a getting a little bit of a look. Let's see how some of those guys are doing. And you know, we we know to an extent how more of the major league guys will perform. It'll be similar to how they performed before. Maybe a little better, maybe a little worse. And and uh, the bigger question mark is how some of these younger guys are really potentially going to pan out. So let's let's just look around at, at a little bit of that. Let's take a look at a story Ruiz first here. Uh, I've already talked about. Lawrence Butler, Christian Pache, how they've been doing. Astori Ruiz, obviously, I've got pretty high hopes for him. A lot of people do, I think, at this point. He has been having a little bit of a struggle with his hitting so far. He's shown a lot of patience at the plate. And, you know, I, I've seen him be patient at the plate as well, not just looking at stat lines uh, from what I've seen and he's seeing pitches. His batting is getting better as he gets deeper into spring training. His first two games he played, he walked twice, but he didn't get any hits. And then, and and these are partial games as well. All of these are partial games, basically. But then he started getting some hits. 
later down the line, getting uh, getting a lot of bases. And I think he's also had a couple of hit-by-pitches that are not really shown around on the stat line. It, and I'm not going to go looking through each game right now to try and find them all, but he's had two stolen bases. It's kind of funny because we're we're going to see a lot more, and really, I talked about this uh, on one of the other podcasts about a specific couple of games, right, with him in it, and he is basically stealing bases on most game. Any game that he gets on base, he's he's essentially stealing a base, but it's not really counted as a stolen base. In In the one from the other day, I think it was the game against Arizona on Sunday... No, Tuesday, actually, the game the game against Arizona on Tuesday. He, I think it was him, he was on base, He, I think he got a hit, and he took off for second when the batter hit the ball, and it, it was a hit, and he would have probably been safe on the steal, but... Instead, it's not really counted as a steal, is it? Because there was a hit, and he went over to second off the hit, technically. So, a lot of stuff like that, I think, has been happening with Astori Ruiz as well. He has not been caught stealing at all. So, that also tells you something there. But his his batting average so far in total is 188, his on-base is 333, and his slugging is 375. So, not fantastic, small sample size. Also, when I say not fantastic, I actually should clarify that uh, his OPS being at a 713 or 718 or whatever would still, let's say he did that in the big leagues over a full season, that is still better than a lot of guys who were on on the team last year. Not too many guys had an OPS of 715 or 720. So just uh, chew on that. <laughs> he, he's doing fine. He'll, he'll continue to get better as well. Let's take a peek at Jordan Diaz. And he is now playing with Team Columbia, World Baseball Cup. But in his time with the A's, on spring training, and we'll probably see him in the big leagues at some point as well. It's There is a lot of uh, competition for, I guess he's primarily a second baseman, and there's a lot of competition for those middle infield slots right now. So I don't know where we'll be seeing him or how much we'll be seeing him, but he's he's done pretty well in spring training so far with a three fifty seven average. 400 on base and a 500 slugging. That's that's pretty nice and especially so. He had two not great games. Uh, one game he had three at bats, three strikeouts. Uh, the next game two at bats, one strikeout, and no walks, no hits. But the other four games that he's played, he's had hits. So his first game, three at bats, one hit. His second game. One at bat, one hit, one walk. And then his fifth game, the two I mentioned where he didn't really do anything except strike out, those were in the middle. His fifth game, 
three at-bats, two hits. Uh, one of them was a double. Got three RBIs. The game after that, two at-bats, one hit. His only hit was a double. And then he got a strikeout that game as well. So that's how he has accrued those stats. He has been doing fine. He'll get a lot more practice with uh, Team Columbia as well. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of playing time with them. And he also got a hit against us on Wednesday with Team Columbia. So there's that. This kind of kind of sucks to be uh, hit on and and have clean innings thrown against you by your own guys here, but <laughs> it's it just a fun game that didn't really matter anyway, so good experience for them all, I know. Some other infielders that we've got to look at here who are young and coming up, uh, I'm including Nick Allen on this list because he's only played that one season last season, only like 100 games, and he's still, you know, after last season, the biggest thing that you could say about Nick Allen is, well, there were, there were two big things that you could say about him, right? One, wow, that defense. You know, great plays, great diving catches, uh, good instincts and reflexes. You know, he'd go on a diving catch and then uh, flick the ball to second base just like you would expect a, a big league star to do and it was his rookie season, and he was doing it, and making it look good when he did it, too. The other thing you could say about him last season was, man, that that batting, he's got to work on it, right? That, that was a big thing for a lot of our guys. That, you know, they were all young, that batting, got to work on it, right? Christian Pache, same thing. In 100 games, he put up a 207 batting average, 256 on base, into 291 slugging, 547 OPS. Now, the slugging isn't really a big problem because he, you know, he's a smaller guy. He's not going to have that power. He's not going to be hitting a ton of home runs. That's just not who he is as a player, and he doesn't need to be, especially with that, that glove where it is. But what he does need to be is a guy who gets on base, he doesn't he doesn't need to be hitting 300 but if he was hitting 250 and getting on base at at around a 350 average you know that that would be amazing right if you if you pair that with his glove then you've got a great player and i will also say about that slugging percentage and the power he said that he added uh, 10 to 15 pounds of muscle over the off season, working tirelessly, it sounds like, with the strength coaches on the A's in Arizona. And, you know, that's that's going to go far to really give him, hopefully, a little bit more pop and maybe make him more durable as well. Not that he's had issues with that in his short time with the A's yet, but, you know, there's a lot of games, and... It's tough to be a Major League Baseball player. So any extra durability, any extra power in the bat, that's going to be a great thing that's really going to help him, I think, and make up for some of the only perceived weaknesses that you 
would really have when you're looking at a defense-first player playing a defense-heavy, a very important defensive position of either second or short, which he can play both just fine. So that's how he did last season. This season, he's sitting at a 364 batting average with a 500 on base and a 364 slugging. So small sample size, he's only played in five games, but would you say he's gotten a little better there? Actually, there's six. They haven't they haven't yet added uh, the Columbia game, so those will change. And he he actually got one hit in three at bats, and he got a walk as well. So his on base actually is not going to change, and his batting average is going to come down like just a hair. So his average might be around 360 and his on-base is still 500. So I guess, I know, like I said, small sample size, but would I say that Nick Allen has taken a step forward? So far, it seems to be the case. And the biggest thing that he could change from last season that would make a big impact is just taking walks. If he can just be a guy that consistently sees a lot of pitches and and takes a lot of walks, then he is going to be a big contributor offensively to the team as well, just from that, that alone. Let's take a look at Ryan Noda. He's been playing a lot. All right, he's, he's played nine games. He started off pretty hot. He is in a little bit of a slump. Right now, the last uh, four games he's played, he has not had a hit in eight at-bats in four games. So his his bat's cooling off. He started off, you know, after the first four games, his batting average was 429. And that wasn't going to continue, but now his batting average is 222. So... I think he's due for some hits. I think he's going to get them. But the biggest the biggest thing to look at there is even in his slump, his on-base is 391. Even though he's not been getting hits, he has been getting those walks. He has been getting on base, and his on-base percentage has been excellent even when he has been seemingly slumping with the bat. And his slugging is still at 500 even after this slump. And he's only had one home run, but he's had two doubles as well in his four hits that he's had. So I I said when I first was evaluating the Rule 5 pickup of Ryan Noda, I had said that I caught a little, I I saw a little game that he had played in the minors with Dodgers uh, last year and some highlights of that game, and he showed some power, he showed some patience at the plate, and he showed some willingness to steal, which he has not done yet, hasn't really had a lot of opportunity in the last couple of games because he hasn't he's only gotten on base twice 
in the last four games, but you know, he's he's definitely a guy who when he makes contact, he he hits it pretty well, I think, and he's not going to have that 300 batting average, but he might have a 240 batting average and still have a 380 on base with a, with a good amount of home runs as well and plenty of doubles too, of course. So I like what I'm seeing from Ryan Noda. This this little four-game four stretch here of no hits, that's going to turn around at some point here, and I don't think we need to worry about his performance so far. Kevin Smith, he played 47 games for us last season, 180 batting average, 216 on base, 302 slugging, and was sent back down to the minors, I believe. He only played 47 games. So far, he's been doing uh, a lot better. He's got a 353 batting average, 389 on base, and a 529 slugging. His last four games, he has been on base four times in 10 at-bats. So he is doing good, staying relatively consistent, maybe getting better as the spring training goes on. And if he keeps that up, maybe we'll see him around. There's a lot of competition for his preferred positions here of third base, and he can also play shortstop. So maybe he is the guy who's giving Jace Peterson rest at third. Maybe they're platooning at third. Maybe something like that. But... Pretty good from him so far, and Dermis Garcia, who plays first base. He's played in eight games, and he has not been very good so far this spring training. It's just spring training. He's got a lot of time still. He's still on that spring training roster. He still has a chance to show everyone what he can do and make his case for winning out at that slot over Ryan Noda, you know, if we need to, if Dermis Garcia is no good, if Ryan Noda is no good, then we've always got Seth Brown to play first, right? But Dermis Garcia so far in 15 at-bats in eight games, batting 200 with a 235 on base and a 200 slugging. So he has not been getting walks. He has not been getting a lot of hits. He has not hit anything for extra bases. And that is not really what you want to see. Combine that with the fact that we've got Jesus Aguilar and Ryan Noda and Seth Brown if we need him at first. And I'm going to say that maybe Dermis Garcia is in the next round of cuts. Maybe maybe that's something that is going to happen that clears up a little bit of roster room here. Well, not really roster room, but clears up a little bit of the lineup, what's going to happen. And again, not that I want that to happen. I'd love for him to, you know, come out and be the next uh, Mark McGuire or Giambi over at first base for us. But so far, 
he looks like he's still got some work to do. And I think that I'm also going to take a second to look at Denzel Clark as well. He is super young. He is only 22. He's an outfielder, and he has only played at high A up to this point. But I just want to real quick just say he's played eight games and had eight at-bats in those eight games, which is obviously not a ton of anything, but he's... Showing himself off well right now with a 625 batting average, 786 on base, and a 1,000 slugging. So I think that's uh, worth a little bit of a mention right there. He has been, in his brief appearances, doing very well for himself so far. But I do want to talk a little bit about our catchers here who we got. So Manny Pena is out right now dealing with a, a small injury. It's nothing nothing significant from what I know, but he's only had one game that he's played, and he's been out since then. So I'm sure that we will, you know, see him in the regular season, and, and he'll be fine. But for now, we've had Yohel Pozo, uh, essentially being, I guess, the backup to the backup, because Shea Langoliers, as far as I'm concerned, is our primary catcher. Manny Pena is our veteran backup, and Yohel Pozo is our young guy that we got as a minor league free agent who we've been given a little look at, and more so, you know, he he's obviously not a primary catcher for us, but he has not been doing great either. It's funny, I've I've seen, he's only got two hits, but I've seen both of them. (laughs) And, yeah, they were both doubles. I was going to say, I I swear they they were both doubles, and they were. Because I just, if you haven't seen him, and you probably haven't, he is a little bit on the heftier side. He's listed at six foot two oh one and there is no way that that is accurate. He is either shorter than that or heavier than that. I'm not trying to pick on the guy or anything, you know, it's but just saying because when I saw him hit those two doubles both times I was like, Oh, how'd he get on second? You know, he he's not a runner here, I don't think. So, uh, he has not been having a great spring training so far. He's batting 167 with a 167 on base and a 333 slugging over 12 at bats. But he has been our backup catcher, sort of filling in on spring training. And I mean, maybe he would have been getting a look up here anyways. He did get signed to a free agent minor league contract, presumably for this reason, but yeah, it's, he's not doing great, but he's also not really expected to be on the majors team this year. In contrast, we've got Shea Langoliers. He is our guy going forward. He is the guy that we got ostensibly to replace Sean Murphy, which are big shoes to fill. 
he was one of the better bats on the team last season with a 691 OPS, which is around league average last season it was at least. And so far this spring training, he's been doing better than that. He, uh, a lot better, better to say the least, he has uh, played in six games, which now it's actually seven games, and these numbers will have come down a little bit because he had a bad day in the Columbia game, but discounting the Columbia game, he has got a 400 batting average, 471 on base, and a 733 slugging for an over 1,100 OPS. And that's come down a little bit, not hugely, I wouldn't think. It's one game out of seven, so he probably still has above a 350 batting average. Yeah, I mean, he should just get better compared to last season. And, you know, I, I'm thinking he should have maybe a 730, 750 OPS this season. And as a as a catcher and as a hitter, he is young. He should just continue to improve. Tyler Soderstrom, who is a catcher slash first baseman, He's still up with the big league club in spring training, and he has been doing pretty good as well. With a 375 average, 412 on base, and an 813 slugging, he has hit one home run, one triple, and two doubles with his five hits. One single out of those out of those five hits, he has been slugging the ball, which is what we've been sold on Tyler Soderstrom, that he is a great hitter and that that's why we need to move him over to first base so he can focus on hitting, which is funny because he has been catching in few of these games, more than a few. I've I've been seeing him catch in several of these games and maybe he will be used as sort of a flexible catcher, first baseman, DH, something going forward, but... I think, but I I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see what they end up wanting to do with him. Basically, well, I know that's a lot. This is a, a long episode today for you guys, but it's covering a, basically a whole week, two episodes worth, eight spring training games or so. Not every player, or I'd be talking until next Monday with this episode probably, <laughs> and. Instead, just the players who are looking promising, the the players who mostly that we're expecting to see on the Major League roster at some point this season, and there's some that will be that I didn't mention, and there's some that I mentioned that maybe don't have a Major League appearance this season, but I think I covered most of those bases. I think that a lot of the guys that I mentioned you are going to see, and there's not too many guys that I didn't mention that you will see. But, yeah, 75 wins. That's that's what I think. I know right now it doesn't look like it. I know that's what you're thinking. But the fact is we're going to see a different team not quite yet in spring training. There's still another round of cuts that have to go. And, I mean, 
quite a, quite a few cuts before we wind up with 26 guys. You know, we got we got 52 right now. I think we have to have 26. So a lot of guys have to go. Hopefully, we end up with the best 26. I, I mean, I'm sure we will. That's the point of this whole thing, right? And it's probably going to be tough to decide at some point on some of these guys. Two guys who are looking pretty similar. It might come down to, you know, who's got more options left, who is older, stuff like that, to be sort of tiebreakers if, if two of these guys are both looking similarly good. Or they might sort of be juggled in, in the major leagues back and forth, AAA major league, until one of them sort of asserts themselves as the go-to player. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to watch these next games. And tomorrow is the Dodgers. And then we got the Rangers, the Guardians. Another doubleheader, if you will, on Sunday. Padres and Giants. And not this weekend, but the one after, I am going to be in Mesa for spring training, watching the A's against the Giants and the Reds. And I will, I'm sure I'll have a lot to talk about with that. But stay tuned. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry I missed you on Monday. And hopefully that sort of a thing doesn't happen very often. But thanks for... Uh, tuning back in and catching this episode with me. If you stuck all the way through this crazy long episode, thank you for that as well. <laughs> I hope it's, you know, I hope it's interesting to you. Let me know. Let me know at the email, athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know if the episode's too long, too boring, you don't like to hear the player's stuff, or if you do like to hear the player's stuff. Uh, let me know if you like my new microphone. And uh, you can you can also let me know over Instagram, athletics underscore, underscore baseball underscore podcast on Instagram, or Twitter, where I'm not very active, athletics underscore pod on Twitter. But yeah, that, that said, thanks for tuning in, and I will have another episode for you guys on Monday. I'm sure I will be back to full health by then and you won't have to listen to me being congested anymore have a great weekend guys see you on monday <laughs>